Take it to l 
Awesome. Thanks for staying tuned in. Um, we are just going through sort of what the tuition increases look like this year for the third year in a row. So if you missed the beginning of this episode, go on to cgsw.com uh, to get caught up. But we'd like to now sort of take um, a look at what the projected increases are for uh, the tuition here at the University of Calgary this year. Nothing is approved, of course. They're just uh, uh, proposed at this time to the student leaders um, and to eventually the Board of Governors, but we'll get to that. So, Nicole, let's walk through a little bit of what was presented by the institution in terms of tuition increases. Sounds good. So, in undergraduate tuition alone, the average and increased tuition um, is well over over 7%, mm-hmm. but because of the graduate programs, which are included in that total, what's being presented by the administration does fall right at that 7% cap limit. Um, so this year, undergraduate students are being hit especially hard yeah. just because none of those undergraduate programs actually fall below the 7% cap. It's only those graduate programs that do. Mm-hmm. So specifically, uh, education and nursing faculties are increasing uh, by a full 10% increase. All other programs uh, at the undergraduate level are increasing by 7%, um, and dance program fees are also increasing by 7%. Yeah, so it's really interesting to see like that 7% maximum that the university is trying to hit is if you just separate undergraduate tuition, it looks like a lot more. And I remember I was struggling with the math and then forgot, oh, of course, we have to include graduate tuition. But for some reason this year, undergraduate students are being hit especially hard. Um, And this is like in combination with the exceptional tuition increases that we've seen and also the regular tuition increases that we've seen over the past two years. So on top of each other, these are these are massive increases. So it's really concerning to see that for undergraduate students, especially those in the faculty of education and nursing. Um, you know, these faculties are hit especially hard by COVID. A lot of it is practical, hands-on learning, um, and they've missed out on a lot of those opportunities. So now, you know, being hit with that 10% increase on a year where their education doesn't look like it would have looked like before is is definitely concerning um what about you know other fees i know there's lots of other things going on with parking meal plans and residents yeah absolutely so for parking right now we know that there's going to be no proposed change in the daily parking rates uh which is good to hear um meal plans there's going to be a three percent increase Um, And then there's also going to be an increase in residences um, in the low, medium and high demand increases. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be sort of dependent on um, which Which residents, which residents and sort of who, uh, which demographic of students actually reside in those residences. Yeah. So it's nice to see, I mean, these fees be increased in a reasonable way. Um, I don't know, like... And I don't think we've ever really talked about this, but like why these fees are increased reasonably and in a smaller, more digestible way for students to be able to afford, yet tuition is just these drastic increases. Yeah, it's really disappointing that obviously tuition has been increased so drastically because I know the meal plan fee, for example, that 3% increase is in line with CPI mm-hmm. and also in line with the increase of, you know, produce and sort of the the value of, you know, producing meals and food production. So that's, you know, that's a, that's a reasonable increase. That's to be expected. Yeah. But something like, you know, a 10% increase for the faculties of education and nursing um, is really disappointing because that's obviously going to hit students very hard and that's, you know, way out 
of line with CPI um, and a, a reasonable increase that we would typically expect for an undergraduate program. Yeah, it's it's concerning for sure. And I know tuition is just one piece of the price that students are paying, you know, on top of that is textbooks um, and transportation and just the cost of being at school or even being at online school. Uh, lots of technology costs that students have had to face over the past year or two. Um, so it's not just about tuition. So the fact that these are so drastic only just adds to the overwhelming financial burdens that uh, that students are facing. And, and another one of these being the student services fee, Absolutely. as well as the athletic fees. Um, unlike, you know, parking and meal plan and residence, these fees are increasing drastically. Um, student services by 10%. What, you know, what does that increase look like and what does it mean for this type of fee? Yeah, so as you mentioned, the student services fee is increasing by 10%. And, you know, keep in mind that this is after uh, a pandemic year where mm-hmm. students haven't accessed these services while learning online. So part of our concern with this fee, too, is um, we really don't have a good breakdown from the university on sort of where this fee is going and specifically, you know, what students are paying for. Um, so we want to make sure that obviously students' money is going to a good place, but also that, you know, students are able to afford such a large increase like this in a single year alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so this fee was originally $275 per semester, um, and it's still you know unclear where this money is going and why it's so much per student per semester. Yeah. Um, the other fee that's being proposed is a 7% increase for the athletics fee, um, which includes money that goes towards Dino's athletics. Um, specifically, we have questions about this increase being fronted on the entire student body when the Dino's sports teams um, are only an opportunity for a very few number of students and only a very few number of students actually sort of derive benefit from participating on those teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so we definitely have some concerns there about that fee as well. Yeah, it's uh, yeah going back to the student services fee, it's super interesting that like that's a very expensive uh, fee to pay and that's per semester. Yep. Um, and so, you know, that 257 or whatever the plus 10% is going to end up being um, is a lot for students to pay, especially for many students who aren't on campus full time. I know lots of students have sort of split schedules where some of their classes are online, some of them are in person or some are entirely online. And yeah, the concerns about not knowing where that money is going um, and not knowing if students are actually using the services that it goes to provide is uh, is really concerning. Has there been any word from administration about you know what that looks like or uh, what the benefit or the increases is actually going to do for students this coming year? So that was actually a question that I asked yesterday at a committee that both myself and Marley sit on called Tuition and Fees Consultation Committee. Um, so I asked sort of specifically what this fee goes towards and if we could get a breakdown of sort of all of the different areas that this fee covers. Um, apparently there's there's a web page online, <laughs> which I was informed about multiple times. Um, but I think the, the big issue here is sort of the communication piece to students. Mm-hmm. You know, students are expected to pay this fee, but it's still not made clear to them where their money is going exactly and what benefit they're deriving from paying this fee. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think that the onus right now is on the administration to do better communication to not only students, but also to the students' union on where the money from this fee is going, mm-hmm. because it's still very, very unclear. Yeah, and then because of that, as a point, we can't justify 
any increases, let alone a massive 10% increase. So it's uh, it's definitely concerning to see. And yeah, I want to revisit the dinos or the athletics fee because that proposal is 7%. And I know we had some questions that we didn't get answered, but what are, what are some of the gaps that you know we're waiting to hear from administration as to why this increase is so huge? Yeah, so I think the biggest question right now is why this fee is being levied against the entire student body, um, because that's not really something that we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, very few students um, are able to participate in Dino's sports teams, and while they are of benefit to the university as a whole, we're not sure why all students are expected to sort of subsidize these teams. Um, another question that I asked at our TFCC committee yesterday um, was what other cost-cutting mechanisms that the Dinos athletic teams have taken so far this year to actually sort of reduce their costs um, and to look at sort of, you know, reassessing where this money is going. Um, And I didn't really get a clear answer on that, which is pretty Mm -hmm. concerning because, you know, obviously we do want to make sure that if students are paying for this this additional fee and this additional money that it is going to the right place and it is being used, you know, responsibly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, There's a lot of unanswered questions that uh, we hope we can get answered in the next week or so before it goes to the Board of Governors. But um, in the meantime, let's take a minute to talk about international student tuition because I know it's quite a bit different from domestic tuition. So what are international students faced with, you know, this year? Yeah, so as of right now, um, like you said, international student tuition obviously is quite different from domestic student tuition. Um, So firstly, in Alberta, international student tuition is unregulated, um, which means that institutions can increase it by however much they want Mm -hmm. to either subsidize costs um, or to sort of cover whatever they need to cover with the cost of tuition. Um, It has increased drastically um, in the last few years, which is, of course, concerning for international students. Um, The institution, you know, doesn't need any sort of approval from the government, so it can basically increase international tuition by um, however much it wants or whenever it wants. Um, So over the past two years specifically, international tuition has increased by 10% each year. um, And this year, another 10% is being proposed. Um, International students have obviously been hit the hardest by COVID complications and the switch to online learning. So we, of course, you know, don't think that it's fair that now they're expected to pay an additional 10% Mm -hmm. increase on top of two years of 10% increases per year. Um, The institution obviously claims that the University of Calgary wants to internationalize and increase the numbers of international students that we welcome, um, but then they turn around and they sort of treat our international students like like cash cows by having this additional 10% increase being proposed. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're obviously, you know, very disappointed that this is the path that the institution has decided to take, um, but it's sort of part of the course for the last two years from what we've seen already. Yeah, so at this point, I mean, the institution doesn't need permission, I guess, would be a word to say from the provincial government to increase these this tuition for international students. They can kind of do it, you know, by, ha- by however much, whenever they'd like. Um, and it's really unfortunate that they are choosing this year and last year as well to um, burden international students this way when they already have so many extra complications because of COVID. And we had international students that joined us uh, on campus this year for classes that they thought would be in person to only find out a week before they started that they've switched online um, while they're, you know, in the middle of their quarantine process after spending thousands of dollars and a lot of headaches to get here. So on top of a year where international students have been treated like that, it's really disappointing to see another huge drastic increase to their tuition. And I know 
you know, we have lots of strategies and visions about how the University of Calgary is going to, you know, have an international presence um, and to be sort of an attraction for international students to choose to come to. Um, and it just doesn't align from, you know, where I'm sitting to say that and to have those goals and then to treat our international students this way. Um, so it's really, it, yeah, it just doesn't add up to me. And I don't know if there's anything, I mean, at this point, because of, you know, their tuition being deregulated and uh, nothing sort of in check there's there's not much at this point to do to say that you know we can make sure international student tuition is tied to cpi or whatever those other options that are available for domestic students aren't always available for international students absolutely and i think you know this isn't the case for all of the provinces in canada um alberta is a bit of a anomaly here that international student tuition is unregulated um so obviously you know this is something that we would like to to push for you know either tying uh, international student tuition to CPI or having it regulated in such a way that institutions can't increase it by however much they want, whenever they want. Um, because, you know, it does it does put financial and uh, economic stress on our international students. And mm-hmm. we want them to come here. We want them to attend the University of Calgary. Um, and we want them to, you know, be able to attend their courses and complete their post-secondary degree without, you know, taking on a ridiculous amount of debt. Yeah. Um, so this is definitely a, a concern that we, we've had the past two years and this looks like it's going to be an ongoing concern again this year too. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, international student issues are, are really interesting and they're one of the areas that I'm interested in this position to spend a lot of time with because our advocacy can be directed to the institution, the province, but also the federal government. Mm-hmm. And there's not very many issues where you can target sort of all three levels at the same time. Um, but because international students, a lot of their work permits or study visas or whatever it might be comes through the federal government, there's a lot of movement that we can make there. Um, and having, you know, that new minority liberal government, um, I know our federal alliance is looking this year to do a lot of advocacy and look for a lot of ways where we can support our international students from the federal front because our province and our institution are not. Um, so there is options and we're really excited by, you know, the other areas and avenues that we can do this advocacy. Um, but uh, to sort of combat what's happening here at home in the institution and in Alberta. So that's uh, that's really exciting to see. Absolutely. And, you know, just to add on to that, too, I think it's worth noting that international students in Alberta don't even have the same opportunities for work or for Mm -hmm. employment as domestic students. Um, So I know, you know, both myself and I'm sure you, Marley, we've heard from students over the past few months who are international students from, you know, outside of Canada, and they can't apply for the same, you know, co-op or the same internship opportunities. Um, And, you know, they want to be here and they want to be able to, you know, afford and pay for their tuition. But it's it's very challenging. And, you know, even... um, Um, awards criteria like scholarships, grants, bursaries um, is quite different for international students than it is for domestic students. So even, you know, financial aid wise, they don't even have the same opportunities as domestic Mm -hmm. students, which is concerning when you're increasing the cost of their tuition by 10 percent annually. Yeah, it absolutely is concerning. And there's a lot here, a lot of advocacy, a lot of concern uh, for international students. So I know it's something that uh, we're not finished with and uh, hopefully a lot of movement this year to come to help better support our international students. But um, I know we just threw a lot of numbers out there, um, but the major takeaway being, you know, for the third year in in a row, the UCalgary institution is raising tuition to the maximum percentage. Students are being hit really hard in yet another COVID year where work opportunities have been minimal um, 
and even non-existent. Um, and then, of course, international students being hit twice as hard. So uh, a really concerning time. I really, uh, you know, such a struggle for students right now financially um, and again for another year. So we'll come back after another quick break to talk about next steps, uh, what's going to be happening in the next couple of months and in the rest of this year in terms of SU advocacy and what students can expect from the Students' Union and from their institution in terms of these increases. So stay tuned for that. Mama always told me, don't you run, don't you run with scissors, son, you're gonna hurt someone. Mama told me, look before you leap, always think before you speak, and watch the friend you keep. Stay along the beaten path, never listened when she said, sharp edges have consequences, I Can't it be me? They told me I was out 
to knock me down Took those sticks and stones Showed them I could build a house They tell me that I'm crazy But I'll never let them change me So they cover me in daisies Daisies, daisies They said I'm going nowhere Try to get me out Took those sticks and stones Showed them I could build a house They tell me that I'm crazy But I'll never let them change me So they cover me in daisies Stop believing in magic Why did we put all our hopes in a box in the attic? Sticks and stones showed them I could build a house. They tell me that I'm crazy, but I'll never let them change me. So they cover me in daisies, daisies, daisies. They said I'm going nowhere, trying to get me out. Took those sticks and stones showed them I could build a house. They tell me that I'm crazy, but I'll never let them change me. So they cover me in daisies, daisies. Seven billion, why can't it be me?
Awesome. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for staying tuned in. We are walking through the proposed tuition increases for this year. Um, and after just laying out all the numbers, it was a lot to digest. Um, but there's there's still some upcoming important next steps um, that the SU is going to be taking in the, with the institution and with the provincial government to make sure that we're representing students, advocating for students and trying to get the best possible outcome for students. So at this point, we've heard about the proposals and have had the opportunity to ask questions, provide alternatives, and to defend students in these committee meetings. Um, Nicole, what's what was your main message to administration on these tuition increases and what their impact's going to be on students? Yeah, absolutely. So yesterday, um, I had the opportunity to talk to the administration directly at a committee that we have called uh, Tuition and Fees Consultation Committee. Um, so basically, um, I had the opportunity to give sort of a brief presentation and sort of give my feedback on these tuition proposals. Um, so firstly, I think the biggest thing that I stated was the negative impact that this is obviously going to have on students. Um, we're still in the midst of a pandemic here and students are you know struggling to find work and employment opportunities. Obviously, students, you know, still have somewhat limited student financial aid Mm -hmm. and grants and bursaries available to them. Um, So, you know, I just wanted to sort of impress upon the administration the financial impacts and the financial burden that this is really going to impose on students. So that was sort of the biggest takeaway from from my communications with the administration yesterday. Um, Secondly, though, I really wanted clarification on the student services fee, Mm because as we spoke about earlier, the student services fee is increasing by 10%, um, and this is after a year where students haven't accessed these services because they've been learning online. Um, So the fee was originally $275, or apologies, $257 per semester, and it's still unclear to me where this money is going and why it's so much per student per semester. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was sort of the second concern that I raised to the administration. Um, And the final concern, um, as I mentioned earlier, was just clarification on the proposed increase to the athletics fee, um, which includes... um, money that goes towards dinos athletics so i want to make sure that you know if this is a fee that's being levied against the entire student body 
that all students are seeing benefit from this fee mm-hmm. because as of right now it looks like it's only really going to support the dinos athletics teams which obviously is an opportunity that only very few students have access to or derive benefit from throughout their time here at the university of calgary yeah yeah absolutely there's uh, obviously some still some questions that still have to be answered and i know we have the time for that um but it's it's happening really quickly you know we have a couple more meetings um with administration and the committee to push through on our advocacy points, find some wins for students, and get these questions answered. Uh, What happens after that? Yeah, so I think next steps, um, we're obviously going to be starting our advocacy on this. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we're going to have further conversations with the administration on the impacts that this is going to have for students. Uh, Specifically, you know, we want to make sure that there's opportunities for students to access, you know, funding, whether that's needs-based grants or bursaries to sort of help supplement the costs associated with their post-secondary education. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that there are um, financial supports in place to students to support them throughout the remainder of their undergraduate program. Um, We will have further meetings with the administration and uh, further committee meetings to push through our advocacy points and find some win for students. Um, There's also a Board of Governors meeting on December 10th um, when these proposals are formally presented and voted on. So this will be our last opportunity to raise awareness of the struggles that students are unfairly going through as a result of these Mm -hmm. increases. Mm -hmm. Um, And so whatever happens at the board, um, we will still go to the Minister of Advanced Education to continue our advocacy around a tuition policy that's more predictable and affordable for students long term. Yeah, so that'll all unfold in the next couple of months and for the remainder of the year in terms of our advocacy around that. And, you know, the end goal is to have tuition tied to something like CPI where it's predictable, it's affordable, it's reasonable. And uh, so that is our main tuition policy and advocacy around that. Um, But yes, thank you, Nicole, so much for being on the show with me and breaking down what these increases look like and what they mean for students. Um, I know that going forward, we're going to be giving this time over to our VP Student Life and our VP Operations and Finance to take over the show, let you know what's going on in the SU. And when there's something notable going on, Nicole will be right back here to tell us about it. Absolutely. So that is the plan moving forward. Um, But I just wanted to say thank you so much, Marley, for having me on not only today, but also the, the past few times. It's always great to be able to talk to students about ongoing concerns and tuition increases and the advocacy that the Students Union is doing Mm -hmm. because I know there's not always the opportunity to update students on on what we're working on behind closed doors. So it's really nice to have this opportunity and this platform to talk about that. Definitely. Yeah, and the time that CHSW has given to us to be able to share this advocacy and what the SU is doing has been amazing. It's been one of my favorite parts of my portfolio um, to be able to interview candidates and talk about what's going on and update students in a very unique way. So uh, we really love it here. And uh, yes, I am sorry to say that this will be my last show. I am leaving the SU, unfortunately, um, and just moving over to City Hall for a different opportunity. But uh, this position has made, um, you know, has meant so much to me. And to be on this show to share everything I'm working on has been a real highlight. So I'm sad to say goodbye, but I know Nicole is going to do great here with us in the meantime. Well, thank you very much 
much, Marley. And obviously, you know, we're beyond sad to see you go because <laughs> we know how much work you've done, not only on this show, but also in your portfolio as a whole. So we are incredibly sad to see you go. I know I am incredibly sad to see you go. Um, but we will, of course, you know, continue all of the work that you've been doing um, for the remainder of our term and the remainder of the 79th SLC. Um, we'll, of course, continue uh, this show. So we'll have our VP Student Life and our VP Operations mm-hmm. and Finance on to talk about some some ongoing issues. And I will also be back on the show to talk more about uh, student advocacy efforts. So Yes, yes. looking forward to it. I can't wait to listen from the other end. But uh, yeah, tune in next week to hear from them. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening today. Thank you again. Next year's gonna be better than this, yeah. Next year's gonna be better than this, cause New Year's Eve coming with the fresh kiss, yeah. Next year's gonna be better than this, yeah. Next year's gonna be better than this, yeah. Next year's gonna be better than this, cause New Year's Eve coming with the fresh kiss, yeah. Next year's gonna be better than Next this. Next year's my come up. I've been lacking, but I can feel it. It's the one. All the last 365, one sucked. Like God group texted the world and dumped us. But, 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 you better watch my bounce back. I'ma be the man in here. Glass of the sky, like we trying to grab the chandelier. I like to take this opportunity and toast to me for being exactly who I'm supposed to be. Cause life is gonna do what light does. I don't wanna look back and regret who I was. Let go of the expectations and if I won, forget the tally sheet before my time's up and I know I gotta roll with it. I'm well aware the universe doesn't know me shit. I know that all of this pain leads to growth. I think that next year's gonna be better than this. I'm feeling optimistic. Yeah, I got a lot to live on Missing out, sick of the fear and doubt. I'ma get spiritual soon, living the here and now. Alone in my room, but you gon' hear me loud and clear. Let's start it at the top of the year. I want one last cigarette, one last sip of it, one last secret, one last little bit, one last upper, one last sedative, one last supper with the devil and his relatives. And I was gonna change my ways I was just waiting for that day To pull myself up out of that phase Run that route and make a place So sick of sitting on the bench It's finally time to get in shape And living like a scrimmage Thinking that I get another game now No, I ain't waiting for coach Marching band I'ma throw a parade at my zone Goddamn Man in the mirror Finally got on um, Fucking next year The time is now to press go And I'm gone Ceiling up to miss yet Te dije adiós, 
Llegaste tarde para despedirnos Y si el destino apresurado quiso herirnos Yo descubrí una solución para el dolor Hice la canción que me pedías cuando aún no te quería What about a J? A J? S? One S. W. And a W. CJSW 90.9 FM, broadcasting out of Calgary, Alberta, on Treaty 7 land, home to Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Morning found me lying on a floor in New Orleans Looking like the patches was about to eat my jeans Feeling like my belly was a warehouse for the blues And I sure miss my sweet cocaine Carolina 
Met her on an ocean liner called her Cocaine Carolina. She was quite a lady then, and I was 22. God knows how much I adored her. I just never could afford her. Cocaine Carolina, how did I get hooked on you? So goodbye, Cocaine Carolina, you and I are through. I'm going back to Sandy Skag, she knows just what to do. She don't love me for my money, she just wants my body, honey. Cocaine Carolina, how did I get hooked on you? Oh, someone said if I was lucky, I could go back to Kentucky. Lexington was famous for its grass and its hills. Carolina, we should get up. Don't you know we'll have to split up? Maybe I should go to California. Goodbye, Cocaine Carolina. You and I are through. I'm going back to Sandy Skag. She knows just what to do. She don't love me for my money. She just wants my body, honey. Cocaine Carolina. How did I get hooked on you? Oh, goodbye, Cocaine Carolina. You and I are through. I'm going back to Sandy Skag. She knows just what to do. She don't love me for my money. She just wants my body, honey. Cocaine Carolina. How did I get hooked on you? Oh, goodbye, Cocaine Carolina. You and I are through. I'm going back to Sandy Skag. She knows just what to do. She don't love me for my Hello, it is Thursday. It is the Good Medicine Show here on CJSW 90.9 FM, and we are broadcasting right out of the UFC, which is located in Calgary, which means we are on the land of the people of Treaty 7 and home to the uh, Na- Maiden Nation of Alberta, Region 3. I'm Cam. You just heard Johnny Cash's Cocaine Carolina, and uh, let's uh, jump into the day. I'm really tired because we had we had such a week last week, funding drive. That was neat. I had so many supporters here, and I met one of them today. They were really cool. Thank you for coming in, and thank you for everyone who showed your support last week. That was insanely cool. I am in disbelief still, and yeah, I can't thank you enough. But anyways, let's get to it. We are brought to you here at the Good Medicine Show by Indigenous Resilience in Music, or IRIM. Founded in the winter of 2016, Indigenous Resilience in Music... IRIM is an Indigenous-led organization with a mission and vision to build community, create dialogue, and give insight into the lives of, indivi- of Indigenous musicians and aid Indigenous youth in reclaiming identity through music and the arts. We're going to jump right back into some music. I like that Johnny Cash feel, so let's, let's, en- let's enjoy one of the other highwaymen. That's a good time. <laughs> Passage around Mighty, mighty please And your pappy's going squeeze White lightning Yeah, the team and team And revenue is too Searching for a place Where he made his brew They were looking Trying to book him But my pappy kept on cooking 
Running from now until the new year, you can head down to Broken City for their Dive Bar Diaries. Every Thursday and Friday, you can catch bands and artists from all across the country and, of course, featuring plenty of your hometown favorites. These shows are made possible thanks to Factor and the Government of Canada. We've had a tough stretch for a while now, Calgary. Thanks for sticking with us at Broken City. To check out the full lineups and get more info, visit brokencity.ca.
Godstone from Shannon and the Clams off of the new album Ear of the Spider. Those guys, uh, those guys played a killer show, Big Winter Classic, a couple of years ago here now, and uh, I'm wondering if there's going to be start start being announcements for that Big Winter Classic coming up soon. Here, I hope so. Anyways, after that, before that, before that, you heard John K. Sampson with. Vamp-